Escape from Plan A. Wow, welcome audience to another episode of Escape from Planet. I'm your host, Chris, uh, partnered here today by Liza. Hey, what's up, Liza? Hey, it's been a while since I've been here. Yeah, so glad to have you back. Um, so happy, uh, just the two of us. It's a, it's a, re- it's gonna be a relaxing pod. The last couple of weeks have been uh, pretty, let's say, eventful. Uh, if you, if yeah, you it's wanna... the most fun I've had on Twitter in like months. Yeah, since I think, I, I think, I think Twitter really just became depressing after the um, Iowa caucuses uh, when Bernie got uh, black ops. <laughs> after yeah. that, it just became they got so serious. Yeah, then no it just jokes. became. Because like like Biden's not fun, and then and then like COVID happened. That's not fun, and then and then Trump's gone. That's not fun. Um, but I, I'm sure listeners, you you probably already know what happened, or you can just listen to our previous episode to get a recap. But um, Eliza, I want to get your thoughts. How are you feeling? You you were telling us like, oh, this this is the most yeah, as you just said, the most fun you had on Twitter. Uh, how how are you seeing all this unfold? All right. So I knew something was going on because uh, that blog post that I wrote, Dear Asian Women from like 2017, started doing numbers last Mm -hmm. week. And I was like, what's going on? (laughs) And then I saw you guys, the rest of Plan A, talking about um, Simo Lu. See, the problem is that I'm on so many woke block lists and uh-huh. so many of the blue check Asian American people on Twitter have blocked me that I can't <laughs> I can't see things unfold. I can only see it if like someone calls us out, like Plan A, or calls one of you guys out, and then you guys respond. You're like John Hamm at the end of the White Christmas Black Mirror episode, where like everybody is just <laughs> I have no idea what's, have no going idea what's, what's going on. <laughs> I only see like it's a very one sided conversation always. Uh-huh. But yeah, I knew something was going on because uh, Dear Asian Women, it has like huge numbers, but it hasn't it hasn't gotten like huge clumps of numbers the way it was doing for the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like that whole line, you know, the whole like gender wars, like the WMAF stuff, it's been kind of dormant for at I least mean, that's the, a year. The last time I was on this podcast, that's exactly what we said, is that it's over and like no one cares. But I guess there's still a group of people out there that wants us to care. Right, and then uh, you know, was it was it last week? Maybe a little over a week ago, the Slate article on uh, the Asian Identity subreddit comes out. Then the attempt to uh, cancel Simo Lu uh, happened like a day or two after that. And who wrote that one? Aaron Mack. Slate. Are we interviewing him or no? Um, I mean, we he interviewed us a couple of years ago. So I, if we wanted to, I guess we could reach out to him uh, and ask. But uh, at this point, I I'm kind of just I just find the whole thing amusing just because it was such a a rerun of 2018 and this <laughs> the time are fighting and this time it, it, it really did feel like i i wasn't really involved anymore uh no, it's and because it, we're it, blocked by everyone well uh i'm that blocked too, by everyone on both sides that too but i i, I think i do think we are in this like post shang chi world where everything that we've been working toward by we, I just mean like Asian American general in terms of like media representation, uh, you know, the whole like gender say, fight. We don't work towards that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, culminated in Shang-Chi, you know, and it's at this point, I think if you're like an Asian guy, you got to look around and it's like, what's the number one movie? Who's like the, the number one 
like movie star in terms of being in that number one movie, who is like uh, the, the hottest musical act, who is the best baseball player, who is one of the most beloved soccer players. Uh, it's all like Asian faces, Asian male faces. And I'm not saying that problem solved, everything's okay. But in terms of representation, I don't think we can complain that much anymore. So let's move on. And that was our message in the last few episodes. But then this came out and I think this was, this whole spat last week was a good test of, are we really going to continue with this bullshit? And what I was really happy to see was that uh, I think a lot of people are just fed up. I, th- I think the the old crowd wanted to have this fight again because, I mean, uh, Liza, you said that Dear Asian Women, uh, the article did well. Like our patron count shot up. I'm sure <laughs> our articles uh, did well too. But it's also, um, we don't really want to talk about that anymore. And I, I, I would not be surprised if there were some business interests who were like, okay, um, people don't really want to listen to us when we talk about uh i don't know chinatown politics or gentrification or you know that kind of like important but boring stuff let's dig up these old gender wars <laughs> again i would not be surprised boring. if they did that and <laughs> my whole point is that, okay let's cut it out now uh let's move on i mean i wasn't exactly like the fact that simu lu had anything to do with it didn't bother me like by the time i saw all that um so i went on vacation the week that shang chi came out Mm-hmm. And then when I came back, it was like, I don't know, it's kind of over. Uh-huh. And then all that Twitter stuff started happening. And uh, uh, is Simu even in the middle of any of it? Um, because by the time, by the time the fight really was like trending and I could actually see what was going on because more people were talking about it and screenshotting stuff, he was no longer in the conversation. Like his name wasn't popping up. Can we like rewind and like what what happened? So a guy named Edward Hong. Um, yeah, I don't want to get too much into because we spent a whole like two episodes uh, last week's bonus, free and bonus, going into it. But yeah, long story short, um, a bunch of people, you know, that Edward Hong guy in particular, uh, you know, called out Simu Lu, and then for like for like one night, um, Twitter was thinking that Simu Lu was like some pedophile uh, incel or something. Uh, but then, everyone is such a reductionist and then but then a, a bunch of people uh came out and debunked it and said uh, just provide a greater context to you know the threads on reddit he was replying to and you know the fact that when he was he wasn't like asian identity he was just there to promote uh, kim's convenience and just like he was like hey guys watch my show that was pretty much it so you know it fizzled out pretty quickly uh but then there was like all these lingering after fights i know right now like uh josh luna the cartoonist has a score to settle with um, a bunch of people who tried to cancel him a few years ago. So, I mean, I, what, I like so Jen that's, Fang? Uh, yeah, something like that. That's going on, but it's like I, I'm just like staying out of it. I that's can't like, see that one either. Yeah, that's. I know yeah. it's going on because someone screenshotted for me, but I right. can't see it. But as I said, I, I think really we, we should get past this. And actually, that brings me to a thing we can talk about. This article that came out in the New York Times that is all is that titled, getting past it? Like I don't understand. The timing well, of this article. Well, I'm, I'm saying this is an example of just the same old shit. Uh, it's called How It Feels to be Asian in Today's America. And it's a bunch of these, I don't know, maybe a paragraph at most interviews with a bunch of Asian Americans. Uh, most of them like East or Southeast Asian. They, they threw in a couple of like brown Asian, like South Asians in there. But it's uh, obviously it's not. What's the gripe? 
because, you know, with the COVID and all the anti-China stuff, I think this is mainly focused on, on like yellow Asians. But so a lot of it is uh, I grew up, I, I didn't want to be Asian, you know, <laughs> I, I thought it was really uncool or whatever. And they may even have gone on to like marry like a, like a white man or a woman. But then I find out that doesn't really make me white. And now yeah, I'm no shit. I wonder what happened. <laughs> now, now I'm uh, learning. It's it's uh, I, I am Asian. It's okay after all. to be Asian. And, yeah. And I, I got to embrace it. Which is again, I'm I'm not trying to hate on these people. This is a very understandable thing, but it's also like all these people are generally. I, I look at the ages of everyone being interviewed. They're all kind of like they're old, it, right? Well, like eight, late twenties to about late thirties, even like late early twenties. Really? Yeah, I mean that's that like sentiment the, goes down to like that. Yeah, yeah. Are they are they still our generation? Are they still millennial? If you're well, late twenties, they would be the, the youngest of the millennials. I see. I thought yes. they were. I thought they were Gen Z by late twenties. No, 20s. no I, I think if you're in your late twenties, you are the the youngest of the millennials. So again, like all all my sympathy to these people. Um, I, I know where they're coming from, but it's like, why, why is this always the same stuff? And uh, as I said, I, I am. I like the fact that something like Shang Chi has come out and and, and proven to all these like sad sacks like. Like it's it's not. Yeah, I mean, things are pretty bad. Like it can get pretty bad. But I don't think it's as bad as these people think in in the way they think. Like, oh, they don't like us. They don't think we're cool. I, I, that stuff, I think, is becoming increasingly bogus. Um, you know, I actually think that they hang. These are the people that hang out in very liberal circles because I think that like liberal circles still look down on Asians. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think traditionally speaking, uh, and the, I think that liberal circles I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be. I'm, I'm just going to come out and say it. I'll probably get flamed for it. But I think that conservative circles still look highly upon Asians. I think well, that they do. I think look we provide. I think in some ways we we are more useful to conservatives, uh, so long as they're not so useful. like yeah. rabidly anti xeno you know, or like xenophobic and anti-China. They, they, we are useful in that they can use us to disprove American racism. Whereas with liberals, you got to really chop up the Asian American community. Like, oh, we you have to for- be such a reductionist to be a liberal. You have to be a race reductionist. Right. It's like, okay, well, we can't really take uh, the... So the like, maybe- if you're Asian and you're not checking whatever privilege you're supposed to have according to a liberal, then you are like automatically some sort of like anti-black, like, you know, you're the problematic Asian. Yeah, so you got to like fit in some smaller subcategory. Like you got to be like LGBTQ or you got to be trans or you got to be... Uh, you can be like a, a cishet straight Asian woman, but you have to proclaim you're being oppressed by the patriarchy, Asian patriarchy, so that you can provide like an Asian feminist angle. Otherwise, you're not useful um, and you can just get thrown in with the rest of the bad Asians. So, yeah, it, it's a much right, more... Right, if you don't feel victimized, you... Right, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, like this, this article comes out and it's like, what is... This is like all this like sad sack nonsense. It's like, okay, if things are so bad, then at least let, let, let's let's have a more fighting spirit, shall we? Like, what is this eternal sadness? And I mean, like, I, I think we're going to talk... Hopefully we're going to pot about the Squid Game because I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I never watch binge... I never binge watch shows. I don't like sitting in one place for more than... What about like, Warrior? Even that, I, I watch maybe like two to three episodes at most. And I could okay. put it down and get back to it. Squid Game, I swear to God, I started at like 10 p.m. I think it was maybe on <laughs> Wednesday. Uh, and then... Uh, just I, joke, I, sleep your way through work the next day? I watched until like 8 a.m. I just like stayed <laughs> up all night. I could not turn that show off. And What's it, What I, channel is it on? It's on Netflix. Oh, I have that. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I'm pretty sure we're going to plan uh, pot about it on Plan A once the other members, at least enough of them, watch it. So, listeners, are you, you the are only a fan one that's finished it so far or even started it? 
Philip has watched a few episodes. I'm trying to get Jess to watch it. I think she's going to have some really great insights. Liza, I want you to watch it too. Even though I know you don't okay. like TV shows, it's only nine episodes. It's, well, it's more I of a managed to. I managed to have. Um, I managed to gather a lot from Warrior, even though I only watched five episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm I'm just thinking of. I mean, we've we've talked about this before a lot about how, like, you know, Asians in Asia have a lot of problems too. They have a lot of reasons to be sad, but they at least convert some of that into anger, which is more, I think, a more dignified response than just, oh, you know, yeah, I wish but I was Asian. But their anger doesn't have to do with being Asian, though. Like, that seems whatever to be the yeah, big problem is. with this New York Times article. Like, the, the gripe is that they're Asian, right? That's the whole yeah, thing? Yeah, but it's like, why should race be such a debility? Like, why does anger over race have to be so sad sacky? Because we don't see that with black people, at least at least well, in the past. So I think that if you are part of a group, so if you are part, if so if, if you consider yourself a liberal, and I imagine that someone who writes for the New York Times and reads the New York Times probably does identify as a liberal. If you are part of that, then you are, you've pretty much bought into the whole notion that you define yourself by your race. And mm-hmm. so if you define yourself by your race and like you're also you're also supposed to be you're also part of a race that supposedly has to like has too much privilege and is supposed to check it you're going to have like such an identity crisis so it's an, it's like you might have had an identity crisis growing up you're going to have a new identity crisis you're just trading one for another yeah, I'm also. How do you wonder- reconcile this now? Okay, now we've moved on. Now, how do you reconcile this? It's like these Asians are always in a state of reconciliation. That's all they do. Yeah, because because uh, I'm wondering because like a, a lot of the the anger I'm talking about coming out of like Asian culture often has to do with money and you know not having enough of it, the, the class divide and everything. I and actually I'm- never hear people complain about that, at least in the New York Times. Well, yeah, that's what not I'm thinking. These kinds of identity based articles. But I'm also thinking, is there something about American culture that just takes out the anger? Because we don't, now that you think about it, we don't see a lot of class anger in America. No, we not enough it, of it. We should see so much more, but they don't They do not do that. We saw it briefly uh, with maybe the, the Bernie Sanders movement. but Which is why was, I loved the Bernie Sanders movement. But that, I think, was shocking because for the first time it felt like people were getting angry about their like financial state as opposed and then to so suppressed. Right. Right. So I'm, I'm just wondering, maybe this is just the uh, American culture for, for various reasons has to constantly um, defang uh, these groups because even on the liberal side at, at when it comes down to it uh, are, are a lot of diehard patriots. They don't really want to badmouth America, especially in these times when America's uh, station at the top is more precarious than ever. Um, maybe they're just, yeah, we can't really criticize America. We can't really get angry, which is why even something like Black Lives Matter right now is, is a joke to a lot of people, including a lot of black activists, because it's like, let's let's do the electric slide. Uh, did you see that Patrice Colors um, <laughs> thing? It's like, yeah. really? Like, come on. <laughs> Out of the news, uh, Andrew Yang uh, has finally named his new party, the Forward Party. Uh, Same name I have, of his book, right? Uh, possibly. I don't know the name of uh, the, his book coming out. I have no idea how this pod, I mean, not pod, uh, party. <laughs> I mean, he has a podcast too, I think. I have no idea how this party will do. He reminds me a lot of the um, Emmanuel Macron's party in France, 
which was uh, like Marche or something. But they had no real ideology except it was based around him being like a like a, a leader and I, I can fix this kind of attitude. So I don't have much idea what this party's real ideology be besides being Andrew Yang's party. I am looking forward to the, to the hysteria that will emanate from Asian America because, you know, the American political system hates third parties, as we all know, and this will undoubtedly take more, become a more of a threat to the Democrats and the Republicans. And there'll be a lot of teeth gnashing among like Asian American liberal types because, oh God, this guy's come back again from the dead. And now he's going to embarrass us even more by uh, taking away votes from, from our, our democratic friends and leaders. Hmm. <laughs> what was the big problem with him anyway? I, I was too caught up with supporting Bernie that I pretty much ignored Yang. Um, I, I when, think I, when he, I think of Yang, I think of UBI, and I'm just like, well, what's the big deal with that? Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's because he's from Silicon Valley. As we know, the Democrats fucking love Silicon Valley. They'll just take all the money they can and, and you know, suck their toes for everything. I think, I think the real problem was that he just kind of came out of nowhere. He rose through the whole, like, Rogan, Sam Harris type of, uh, you know, alternative media. He wasn't... Mm-hmm. Uh, he was ignited by the the New York Times crowd, mm-hmm. and I think that was pretty much the big thing. If you look at his platform, it's not particular. Uh, besides the UBI thing, which he dropped for the New York mayor's race, it's not particularly that different than a lot of other Democrats running. But just the, just the way that he wasn't beholden to a lot of the more established king and queen makers. So I think that was, the was it the problem. whole like he didn't play into identity enough, or that he played too much into it? I think it was because it seems it, to be. It was like, both. Among I think it Asian was, Americans, that seems to be where all the hand wringing is. So, which is it? I think it was both in the sense that at first uh, he didn't play into it enough. He expressed too much sympathy for like the like the the white male trucker types, and secondly, when he did play into it, uh, it wasn't an identity that's very useful to Democrats, which is like a straight Asian. That he's guy. good at math. Yeah, and uh, that you know thing, he's, the model minority thing. Yeah, and like the Asian American identity yeah, is not very valuable. That's a stereotype that doesn't bother me. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I don't care about it. I don't. I don't. I don't have any. I don't have any. Like, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, and, and the Asian American identity is not very valuable to the Democrats much anyway. But you know, unless you can provide uh, something a little Victim extra, narrative. Yeah, yeah. Um, be, being a straight Asian American dude isn't really going to be that useful. So he was he was kind of worthless in that regard as well. So, um, you know, I I I, I don't I don't know what. He's gonna do. I, I don't really expect his party to take off or anything, but it'll it'll always be entertaining, I guess. <laughs> the best we oh, can hope for. Oh, it's gonna be amazing on Twitter, at least. That's oh, gonna be mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. So there's that. Um, movies seem to be making a, a comeback. You know, somewhat maybe thanks to Shang Chi. Dune is really uh, doing well. They're making the a comeback market. at a time that I'm watching no movies that are new. Like I. I uh, I don't want to go to a movie theater right now. Oh, yeah? yeah. Do you so, still feel unsafe? Well, yeah. I've got three unvaccinated kids right now. They're under mm, 12. Right, yeah. Um, but So I want to see Shang-Chi, but now that it's not playing at the drive-in, I kind of missed my shot there. I have to wait for it to hit Disney+. Plus. Yeah, and they pushed that back like another... It's not coming out until like the first week of November or something. That's fine. I'll see it eventually. Yeah. When does uh, June Shang- come out? Dune comes out in America on October 22nd, I think. Theaters only, or is it going to be on HBO also? No, it's going to be on HBO as well. Controversially. Oh, good. good, good, uh, good. 
Yeah, I think that I can finally, this will be like the test. Um, this will be the test where I have to see if I can tolerate a Timothy Chalamet movie. Yeah, I have I, I never guess... been able to watch a movie with him in it unless he's killed pretty much immediately. <laughs> I guess Little Women, Lady Bird. I couldn't watch Lady I couldn't. I, I couldn't watch either of those in? movies. What else has he been in? Timothy, Sh- Call Me By Your Name? I couldn't finish oh, that. Oh, I never saw that. I never saw that. Don't really have so any So I saw Luca that. instead. It's just like the same thing. <laughs> it kind of is, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, Dune, I, I'm very excited for that. I'm, I'm halfway mm. through the book. And it's it's been getting really good reviews from audiences, people, and I, I I do think it's a movie that needs to be seen on the big screen. So I mean I understand your predicament, uh, but I think if you if for whatever reason you feel safe by then, I I think you definitely should see it in theaters. Mm-hmm. I love the theater experience. I just you know just gotta wait a little bit. But you know I'm not gonna lie, I really like seeing movies at home too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to see Macbeth. Oh, with Denzel? Mm-hmm. I heard it's good. I heard it's too. I like the trailer. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. I want to see... Um, I don't care what anyone says. I want to see the new James Bond. Uh, I, I I think I think people are kind of excited for it. Uh, you know, it's directed by Kerry Fukunaga. But the True he, Detective guy? Did he direct yeah, that he, one? Yeah. Uh, the first season a, of True Detective is what I'm talking about. The good about. one. The good yeah. one. Well, apparently, I didn't like any of the seasons, but... Um, I only watched the first season. I didn't like it that much. But he is uh, an exciting director. I think people mm-hmm. uh, have high hopes for it. It's Daniel Craig's last Bond. Yeah, I have a I, gripe I, about um, Asian American directors, and it's not about them. But when it comes to the whole like media representation crowd, I have a, I have a major gripe with them that they never they never pay any attention to the directors. Only only um, Bong Joon Ho. He's the only one. But I'm just like. There's like a, there's tons of Asian American or there's tons of Asian directors. Why, why do they never talk about them? Like they never talk about James Wan. They never talk about like Chloe Zhao. I think I think she gets talked about a fair bit um, compared to when Bong Joon Ho won Best Director. That was like a major like Asian Asian America like exploded. You know. Yeah. So. So why why doesn't Chloe Zhao get celebrated the same way? Yeah, that's um It's still representation, right? Are you about opportunity or not? Like she's a director. Maybe cuz it's like fundamentally what we're really insecure about is how we look. Like we we're pretty confident in our you know just like other abilities. Like like a director has to be very uh capable in terms of, you know, technical craft, artistic craft. I think maybe we feel pretty confident in that what we really if, we, if, it, if we're being honest, what we really don't feel confident about is the way our eyes look or how our nose is shaped. So, yeah, so it's, it's most important. <laughs> it's most important that we are in front of the camera. The, stu- the stupid stuff, yeah. Uh, yeah. The shallow it, it's, stuff. It's the, it's the most like... Um, I, when I say childish, I'm not trying to be derogatory, but in, in the... In it is juvenile. Like, yeah. It is the most like Stunted. elementary type of... Uh, fear like yeah they just don't i think i'm ugly uh they they won't like how i look so perhaps that has to do with it just my just my inkling but yeah i, I think you know, plenty of good asian directors around i mean like i remember when ang lee won his like second oscar and, and nobody even really cared because it, it seemed like uh-huh. well duh like he's yeah good. that's another one right there <laughs> like how come he gets no love yeah not really not he gets way more love from like white people than from asian people yeah. And Asian our, Americans seem to be so hung up on 
representation in like every everywhere. Yeah, in our in our Discord, someone brought up the movie Lost Caution. Uh, Liza, I don't know if you've seen that, but it's an Angley movie that he made in Asia in like two thousand and seven. And I know a lot of people like uh, fell in love with Tony Leung because of Shang Chi. I would highly recommend you watch Lost Caution if you if you I've really seen a like, bunch of his movies. I think he's hot too. Yeah, but like in Lost Caution, he he's he, he's like hot in a really kind of like dark like sadomasochistic way so if you're into that you will love you will love this version of tony leong i really like last caution i really became a fan of uh the actress tang wei uh, mm-hmm. because of that movie she's so good in that and um yeah i've always been a big fan of ang lee uh sense and sensibility one of my favorite movies uh speaking of not good movies though dear evan hansen um that is not i haven't doing seen very that well. i mean i've seen all the jokes and wasn't it already like a he won the Tony Award on Broadway for that, right? Yeah, like Broadway five years thing. ago when it first came but out. Didn't but everyone love it on Broadway? Yeah, but that's like Broadway. The Broadway card is very weird. It's like what Broadway loves, a lot of pe- normal people would hate. And I think that's what you're finding out with Dear Evan Hansen. I, I first watched the trailer several days ago. I had no idea what the story was bef- until after I watched the trailer and went to look it up. Judging from what I saw in the trailer, I thought the story was about this some like 30-year-old guy who had some severe <laughs> developmental issues. Therefore, he had to be held back like for over 10 years. He was just struggling to graduate. <laughs> it's like Billy Madison. Right, but just on the extreme <laughs> but end. But it's serious. It's not a joke. Yeah, but the real story is even worse. Um, like I, I don't even want to get into it. It, it involves well, come like, on, say it because... Well, he like... He uses... Uh, he pretends to be the friend of a kid who commits suicide uh, because his parents want to believe that the kid who commits suicide had a friend. And he goes with it, becomes like an internet celebrity, uh, romances the, the suicide, the kid who commits suicide sister. It's really twisted. I think it's the type of story only a weird, overprivileged Broadway audience could love. And <laughs> it's like, this is why people are just like, what the hell is this movie? This is crazy. But, How could this I be? I mean, I would say like, Without seeing it in its defense, though, like some of the best stories are fucked up. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, uh, but I think the problem with this I mean, is that you it's and I, s- you and I are like looking forward to a Harmony Corinne adaptation of like Tampa. Sure, sure, but I think the problem with this is that it's played so sincerely. Like you are without question supposed to root for uh, Evan. I think he's. I think that's the name of the main character. Evan Hansen refers to him. It's I ben think. Platt. As opposed, yeah, as opposed to this. Like if you were knowingly a deceitful, cynical, using like a user, I could get behind that. But I, I think the fact that it is played so straight is is why people are so turned off. Like you honestly thought this is a good guy. Like that shows more about you, uh, exposes more about you than anything else. I can't say anything because ha- I've never seen the Broadway musical and I haven't. I've only seen all the memes that are all over the internet about Dear Evan Hansen and that like a lot of people don't like it, but also like film Twitter is so small and like no one seems to care what they think anyway. Right. Have you seen uh, or heard about the movie, The Book of Henry? No. Okay. So this was a movie that came out, I think two years ago uh, and it stars Naomi Watts. It's this insane movie, like not in a good way. The storyline is so ridiculous. Um, it's, it's about like some mom who fears that her neighbor is like a pedophile preying on her son or something like that. And she goes like total vigilante mode. Son? Yeah, something like that. And it was directed by uh, Colin Trevorrow or Trevorrow, whoever says his name. 
What else? Remember after, well, remember he made Jurassic World, and then mm-hmm. after that, even though the movie kind of sucked, it did make a ton of money. So mm-hmm. he got chosen to, I think, direct uh, what would become uh, the Rise of Skywalker, the last Star Wars movie. Well, that but, was a hit. Yeah, well, I, I think it kind of saved them in the long run, but by not doing it, the Book of Henry comes out uh, in the summer, I think, of 2018 or maybe 2019. It is so universally panned and memed that <laughs> I, I think eventually it, they never came out and said it, but I think Disney fired him from the Star mm-hmm. Wars movie because this movie was such a joke that they thought he was such a liability at this point. And I think Dear Evan Hansen is approaching that territory, at least in normal. Who directed Dear Evan Hansen? Oh, uh, Stephen Chlopsky or whatever. He directed the uh, the Perks of Being a Wallflower Hour movie, which I always thought was vastly overrated. Emma Watson very badly miscast, uh, but people love that movie. It's a classic. Uh, Do they really like it? Yeah, I have no idea. It's so corny, so cheesy. But so he has that under his belt, but. Someone said this is the perfect movie that to watch on streaming, so that you and your drunk fr- or high friends can make fun of it. But alas, this is the movie that gets a theater only release, so you can't even enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna pay for that. Yeah, I would. I, I mean, would I, watch I paid it. to see The Room several times, but that's oh, different. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would watch Dear Evan Hansen if. It just happened to come out on HBO, and I didn't. Have, I didn't have to pay for <laughs> just it. Just out of curiosity. Yeah, I, the music's probably decent too. Like you know, the songs are probably catchy. That's probably why people. I like honestly it. don't think that he's that bad of an actor or singer. I know. I think he's a really good actor and singer, based on what I heard. He's just is. Not... Is he the one getting made fun of, Ben Platt, or is yeah, it the movie itself that's getting made fun of? Well, both, because the movie, the movie and the musical storyline is so fucked up, but also because Ben Platt is way too old to play the lead. Uh, or he just we, looks too okay, old. Okay, so, I mean, we... I don't know. So, I, 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 I think it's more than just how he looks. I think just his mannerisms trying to be a teenager are so <laughs> corny Is he and like cliched. that meme of Steve Buscemi, like, hello, fellow yeah, kids? Yeah, no, I think that's what people are really <laughs> comparing it to that. It's like, yeah, sure, we, we've seen 25-year-olds play teens before. It's not the biggest deal. Okay, remember when in Forrest Gump when... When Tom Hanks plays the high school kid, and that's how he yeah. gets that college, like the football college scholarship. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it, he yeah, looks it's like, fifty. Yeah, like it, it's not the weirdest thing, but I also think his co-stars are actually age appropriate, like uh, Amanda Stenberg and um, I think the the actress from Booksmart, uh, like Caitlin Devers, I think that's her name. I think she's actually in her twenties, but she looks young and she can convincingly play a teenager. So it mm. just, in contrast, is just not good. I'm really sad Amy Adams is in that movie. I'm a big Amy Adams fan. Um, I'm a huge Amy Adams fan. Hopefully and like, people she just She makes like... choices that <laughs> sometimes I don't understand at all. Yeah. I like would sometimes say, like, I'll her... watch a movie and I can't believe she's in it. Like Justice yeah. League. I'm just like, what are you doing here? Oh yeah, she was Lois, right? The waste of Amy Adams. Waste of Jeremy Irons too. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't seen any of the, the Snyder don't. DC movies. Don't. And... Don't plan to. So yeah. I, I started the movie and then I fell asleep and I woke up and the movie was still on. So like, <laughs> that's how long it is. Yeah. Ne- it's like proof to not listen to film Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> when they scream for something, maybe just don't give it to them. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, moving on to a somewhat more serious topic. So I, I just want to sound off a theory that I, I've been having for maybe the past week on you, Liza. And and this just sparked my my thoughts again because uh, our friend Trevor from Champagne Shocks just sent me this 
our InStyle article, this was back in like 2019, so this is not even that timely. There's an interview with Sama Hayek, and she's apparently married to this like French billionaire, and she says- Bing, right? Hmm? Isn't his, what's his last name again? Uh, Pinot. Francois-Henri oh, Pinot. So anyway, uh, it says like, Sama Hayek is out here defending her marriage to caring CEO. I don't know what that is. Must, must be like a hedge fund or something. Uh, Francois-Henri Pinot, who is worth an estimated $7 billion, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And she says that um, people who criticize her marriage are being racist because they can't imagine that a Mexican like her would be married to a billionaire. And I, I, I can understand what she's trying to say, but it sounds a little weird in the <laughs> sense that I have no idea what Salma Hayek's politics are. I don't are. know what she's responding to. Right. I'm, like, I'm just what ass- did what the what did the criticism sound like? Well, based on what she's saying, I'm assuming people said like, "Why is he married to someone like her?" Which makes no sense because she's like a beautiful movie star. So who cares? Yeah, that's who billionaires marry. Uh, like right. they marry beautiful and women. Yeah. So that that's not that weird. But I think what she's trying to say is because I'm Mexican, people think. I can't marry a rich European man, which I understand where she's coming from. But then it sounds a little weird to say that out loud because it's something I think we can all kind of understand. We, you know, like there are hierarchies of men. And if you're like a rich European guy, especially if you have a title, I don't think this guy has a title, but that's pretty much the top. And if you think certain (laughs) races of women are not good enough for that type of guy, it is a kind of discrimination. But especially in this world today where everyone pretends they're like a socialist or anti-billionaire. Yeah, like we're talking about Salma Hayek here. We're not talking about like, I don't know, like some asparagus farmer and like, <laughs> or like the cleaning lady, you know? Right. And, and It's Salma Hayek. Right, and she's, she's like fabulously wealthy and famous herself, so. Well, she was I, famous before she became a movie star too. Like when she arrived in L.A., when she was like trying to be a movie star, she was already driving a BMW. Her parents are rich. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and her there's name that Hayek too. isn't that Indian? She's not full Hayek? Mexican, right? Well, Hayek I think is German, like Friedrich Hayek, the economist. I don't know if she's related to him. That'd be really funny if she were related to. Uh, well, let's Wikipedia. Him. Let's look it up. What, what's okay. her? Uh... All right, you look it up, and I'll I'll uh, keep ranting. But anyway, I just thought this was. Because I don't know Salma Hayek's politics. I don't think I, I. I looked up like Salma Hayek socialist. She doesn't purport to be a socialist. Seriously doubt it. I, I think she's more general, like uh, you know, human rights, women's rights, that kind of stuff. But it it did all when the you innocuous couple, stuff. Yeah, and so it's. I, I started thinking of what we mean when we say social justice and why it can get so when people get like so. Uh, it feels like they're talking past each other, and I think. We are always like meaning two different things. I, and I'm, I'm trying to come up with like catchy terms for it. And I think, um, I think there's what I'll call objective social justice and subjective social justice. And I think we're in this kind of like uh, Wittgensteinian dilemma where we say one thing when we mean the other and, and vice versa when we're talking about uh, with other people. And and, I, and I'm just throwing his name out there. I, I recently watched a YouTube video. Uh, so, you know, all you like philosophy people don't come at me because I really don't know anything. <laughs> I, just, I just name dropped him. But the, the whole point is there's a big problem with language in which we say things uh, which we ourselves might not even know we mean. And how could, if we don't know what they mean, how the hell is anyone else supposed to mean what 
understand what we say. So we, we throw out terms like social justice, but I think there are two very distinct, at least two very distinct types of social justice, which I call subjective and objective social justice. Objective social justice is the kind of stuff that's supposed to apply equally, almost in cold-hearted robotic fashion. Like it, it's like a law that applies equally, like no killing, <laughs> no name calling, no stealing. <laughs> that is uh, you know, race, like all races treated equally. That's like an agem- uh, objective social justice. It's supposed to apply broadly, no exceptions. Everyone understands what it means. And then there's subjective social justice, which is a lot of it is, uh, it's all like personally centered. Like I was wronged in my life experience. This happened to me. Therefore, I deserve some kind of reparations, uh, whether it's money or um, love or or just like emotional support or whatever. I swear to God, this is like what the whole self-help industry Right, right. And I, and I think Runs a lot on. of the frustration with the modern like social justice movement is that I think a lot of times what people really are advocating for is that subjective social justice, which is I, you know, in my childhood, I got made fun of whatever. Therefore, I deserve X, Y, Z. Uh, but we know you that X, Y, Z. I'm Canadian, so I'll say Z. <laughs> uh, and but they pass it off as objective social justice because objective social justice just sounds more noble because it's it's it feels more selfless. Like, I'm not doing this for myself. I'm just doing it because it's it's the principal thing to do. And that's how we can get... Okay, let's pretend Salma Hayek... I get what you're saying because this is exactly the kind of stuff that we talked about years ago when we said that like dating preferences are not equivalent to civil rights, right? Right, right. And I think dating uh, is the perfect... I think the reason it gets so heated is this is where we see a ton of entanglement with this because on, on an objective sense, you should be able to say something like, okay, if say like white people are so bad or like let's say rich white people like this uh, Francois-Henri Pinot guy. He's like, he's a rich uh, French billionaire who probably made all his fortune exploiting Haiti. Like his family mm-hmm. probably did that back in the day. Um, so objectively, he's bad. Like this guy's no good uh, based on our, the principles of social justice, anti-racism, anti-colonials uh, and whatever. This guy should just be, uh, you know, discarded. But on a personal level, being with him does afford you a lot of personal benefits. And if you are, let's say, let's say Samhai was like, say, an impoverished Mexican woman who somehow rose to the top, she could justify it as saying, hey, you know what? I, got, I, I came from the bottom. I faced so much garbage. Why shouldn't I get a piece of this action, whether it's his fortune or fame or whatever. She could also just choose to not respond. Sure. But I think in her reasoning, it would be, why should I uh, lose out on this? Instead, give him up to, I don't know, like another, to a French, rich French woman. Like, why should she get the benefit yeah, of Yeah, like his? an heir to an aristocracy kind of French Right. So yeah. isn't it, and I think this is, we see a lot of this conflation in a lot of like modern social justice influencer types. My success is actually... Uh, your success, my group's success. And I think that's where it happens because there is this desire to conflate this uh, subjective social justice with an objective social justice. And as you pointed out, I think I think like uh, dating is one where this comes out the most, which is, uh, I mean, we saw it last week with the, you know, in the Asian American gender wars and, you know, every minority gender wars is always the same because I think what one side tries to do is when the other side has a complaint, you try to downplay it as being purely like personally motivated. Oh, you know, you're just, you're just bitter. You're, you're just trying to get your dick <laughs> wet or, or whatever the equivalent for women is. Uh, I hate that saying. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's gross. Uh, 
you say that to the people opposing you, but when you're trying to do the same thing, you try to classify as no, this is me fighting against the patriarch. You know, this is me <laughs> fighting against the white, uh, white masculine, toxic masculinity. <laughs> and yeah, so it's it's so self-serving in that way Insert because academic buzzwords. Yeah, because you're just trying to justify something that is good for you, but actually may betray a more objective set of greater principles. Which, hey, you know what? We all do it. I guess that's fine. But at least be open about it. You know, that's like step one. And I think a lot of frustration is people trying to, you know, protect their egos and right. self-images. Try to stop tying everything that you want for yourself as some sort of like civil rights or like racial justice, you know. Right, yeah. And I think the problem with stopping that is then you become liable to be attacked. Well, it's like, if this is no longer about some kind of greater justice, you looking out for your interests, why should anyone else support that? Why couldn't another group come and just try to dislodge you? It becomes a very like might is right type of philosophy. It has no other supporting ideological structure other than I have the power to do what I want. So therefore I should be able to do it. As I have opposed Salma to- Hayek's Wikipedia page pulled up. Okay. Is she related to Friedrich Hayek? <laughs> no. Okay, all right. Uh, her father, Sammy Hayek Dominguez, is a Lebanese Mexican. Mm-hmm. And his ancestors come from Lebanon. Mm. And her mother is of Spanish descent. I see. So it's like European on one side, basically, Lebanese on the other, but just happened to be residing in Mexico when she was born. Right. Does she have any kind of like Mesoamerican uh, lineage? It says here, um, Hayek describes herself as 50% Lebanese and 50% Spanish because her grandparents are from Spain. Okay. So no, sounds like no. I mean, not, not so that no. that's like should disqualify her necessarily, but yeah, she's not exactly like a but native But one could Mexican. say that someone who hails from Spain and Lebanon is not, and they're wealthy. I don't think that they're, I don't think that. They are accusing her of what she says they're accusing her of. Right. And uh, and I always get so annoyed at how Americans, they, they have uh, they have such a, such a limited view of what, you know, you know, they call like, uh, they call like native, like Mexican Spanish. And they have no idea how like Spanish, like Spaniards <laughs> from Spain actually look like. They, they don't realize how white they are. Well, they think that Antonio Banderas is a person of color. Right, and he's right. just like he's no, he's Spain. just he's just like a slightly tan guy. I mean, he's like he, he's, he's Mediterranean. About, it's still European. Like you're yeah, still he, white. He looks just or as Spanish like as like George Anya Clooney. Taylor Joy. Yeah. They consider her to be like a woman of color because she's well, I from think that Argentina. was so that was so absurd. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of her, I'm really looking forward to Last Night in Soho. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for that. It looks really cool. I was ignorant I saw the trailer. To, I was ignorant ignorant enough to think that was going to be set in Manhattan, but it's the it's the I think it's the original Soho. I think that's in England, in, in London. In London, yeah. <laughs> and I and I'm really looking forward to the Furiosa movie. I'm really excited to see what she can do mm-hmm. as uh, Furiosa. I was a big fan of Queen. Uh, is Queen's Tom Gambit. Hardy coming back for that, or is it just is it Charlize and that's it? Well, the thing is, I think it's a prequel, so I think they meet for the first time in Fury Road. So it wouldn't really make sense unless he makes a very short cameo. It really wouldn't make sense. I'm a Hardy fan. To, yeah, Tom Hardy, cool. Yeah. But anyway, getting back to Sama Hayek. Yeah, I mean, her lineage would suggest she is essentially typical of like the Me- Mexican aristocracy. They don't really mingle 
uh, with the with in the, the Philippines, we call those Spaniards that are just like Spanish people that live in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. That we just call they're just Spanish people, right? Yeah, but we don't call them Filipino. Yeah. I mean, I guess some Filipinos do because there are some Filipinos who are really desperate to have <laughs> like European Spanish lineage, mm-hmm. but most of us don't. Yeah, I think there's more Chinese blood in the Philippines than there is Spanish blood. Oh no, <laughs> which upsets some Filipinos. But that's that, uh-huh. that's like a whole new podcast. So anyway, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm familiar with with that with that issue. The um, yeah, but yeah. So I, was, I, I think I think we need to just be become more aware of what this very vague term social justice means and, and know what context people are using it in. I think a lot of anger would be addressed if, if people just knew what others were talking about and people were just more direct about what they were saying. Um, yeah, context matters and there's so little of it anymore. Yeah. you know, And, and also because everyone easier. is such a, like a race reductionist like immediately, you know? Yeah, and you know it's 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 very cliche to blame Twitter, but it's just like you know the, like Twitter. It, everyone's so outraged on Twitter all the time. That's really the only uh, mode of expression that's allowed, which I think is becoming it's like so increasingly... funny how much we are on Twitter, and it's like if you go out in the real world, like nobody uses it. <laughs> that is no, that is true. I mean, I've I'm happy to say I've become a, a much more passive user of Twitter. I I mainly use it to just entertain myself from time to time don't post a ton except for like last week i, I posted a little bit more than usual mm-hmm. uh you know i guess it was kind of more like the good old days but i think there are better things to do but no you're totally right and I, th- I think the whole like simu lu thing proved that like nobody even i think knows no what's going that. on outside of twitter and even then it was, i mean it was even if you're on twitter part. you don't see it like i'm on twitter every day i don't i didn't even see it because because of all the woke blog lists yeah I, i'm thinking of like my real life friends like people i didn't meet, meet through plan a and stuff I, I know maybe like two or three people who are on Twitter. And it's none you know, of my whereas, real life friends are on Twitter. Yeah, they don't use it. They have Instagram, no idea what I'm talking about half the time. Yeah, whereas with Instagram and Facebook, pretty much all of them are. So it is a very weird space. It rewards very weird behavior. And I I I hope like that one of the lessons we can get from the whole like Simalu thing is Twitter really doesn't matter. Um I think it's, it's something like the we, fellow dorks. The what? Twitter is like fellow dorks who obsess over stuff, very niche yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think that Facebook has more dorks than any of the social media platforms, but that's just because most people are on Facebook. Yeah. I, I can't just... get into my Facebook account because after I deactivated it, I um, I didn't realize that I don't have access to the email address I use to sign up. Like, I don't use my college address anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like... It's just, I'm actually happy. It's just, it's totally gone and there's no getting back in unless I start a whole new account, which I'm not going to do. I recently discovered Facebook Marketplace. You know, I, I just recently moved. So I'm, I'm always on the hunt for like- What little... is that? Like the Craigslist of um, Facebook? Yes. And I, I recently bought a lamp there. So <laughs> I'm- I, How does that I, work? Do you have to go pick it up or do they like yeah, ship it to you? No, I, I only look for local used goods uh, mm-hmm. so that I'm within walking distance because I, I don't want to- yeah, if I can get something shipped, I might as well just Where get a Where do you meet thing. them? Do you meet them in public or do they like, do you go to their house or do they come to your house? How does it work? No, I go to their house. In fact, the, the person I bought the lamp from was this uh, elderly lady who lives in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And she had a whole lot of items because I, I think her, she said like her, her, 
somebody in her family was like deceased recently or, or moved and so she had a bunch of stuff but she gave me like a long tour i i think she kind of just wanted company so she was like <laughs> showing me a lot of stuff and you, you know, know like I was happy hanging to, out with her and drinking tea uh yeah, something how old like is that. she I, I would guess maybe like 70s okay. so yeah so no, she was, she's you. been in new york her whole life oh yeah so she's been living During in this the, um, neighborhood since the 70s yeah so I wonder if she's on rent control I'm just wondering. I think she, I think she is. The neighborhood I moved to, which is Stye Town, uh, has a mix of uh, like elderly residents who've been here for a while because you know they they have rent controlled apartments. A lot of like NYU students, and you know a lot of just kind of like young professional types, uh, even raising families because you know you get a lot of space here for your money, and it's like uh, it's got it's kind of, basically is its own little neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I know where so, it is. You know, yeah, so you know, people will just invite you right into their home if if you they want to. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I guess that's the one use I I still have for Facebook. But besides that, no, not very useful. Do you use Instagram? Uh, uh I mean, sort of. I I, I put up pictures of food I cook. Um, yeah, yeah just, you do. Just, yeah, just you do do actually that. an interesting thing about like social media is that with dating apps, a lot of them now it's become pretty common just to link your like Instagram to it. So you can uh, easily like spy on them or like, I don't know, do some so background checking. So it's like a good way, you know, cause like writing about what you like can be a little bit tricky cause it can come off as like pompous or whatever. So it's better to show, not tell in those instances. So it's useful to be like, if you want to convey that you're like a fun person or you're like an artsy person or you're like a, uh, uh, you you like to cook or yeah? It would sound athletic. it would sound pretty pompous to say that kind of stuff. Yeah, like I I'm a great cook and I love and I'm a very athletic. You know, that's like <laughs> I'm like, really into 19th century furniture and I'm a good cook. Oh god, <laughs> I'm into gourmet cooking. You know, like it just yeah. it sounds everyone. What what is it? Do you swipe left or right if you don't if you like someone? Swipe right is the is the and universal sign you, of I you, like you. Yeah. Do you swipe left on people that you don't like? How does it work? Yeah, so swipe right is if you find them attractive. But it depends on the app as well. But Tinder was the one who that used. Can people swipe right. see that if you that you don't like them, or do they just only see if someone swipes because they like you? Well, you no, know, you only see them if they liked you too. I mean, like, because you're gonna swipe through like thousands of people. Oh wait, so, so you, you can't. You literally can't get to the next person unless you choose to swipe left or right. Yeah. Okay, I see how it works. Yeah. So. You swipe through so many people. If you don't hear back from them, you assume they didn't swipe back on you. But at that point, you probably already forgot them, so you don't care. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like really weird and you got fixated on this one person. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it's just like you just it's like a scatter shot. You just like throw this like huge net out and then see what you can catch. Which is, um, you know, like a lot of people have complaints about it, but I also think it's you know it's like otherwise, you, you what are you relying on? Dumb luck. Hoping that your friends are friends with like decent single people. I don't know. It's just like I don't know. I mean, the online yeah. dating world is so alien to me because mm-hmm. that's I don't know. Like most people you meet are like through your friends. Well, yeah, that's that's how it used to be. But I, I very your friends don't t- have friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has friends anymore. They're all on their phones. <laughs> right. But anyway, uh, to bring it back to Instagram, um, I think I, th- I think there are women who get creeped out by men who have v- no social media 
because it's like, well, do you have any friends? Do you have any interest? Do you just like sit alone in your hundred square foot apartment <laughs> drawing creepy drawings? I don't know. It's like they want to know that you have some like they don't want you to be terminally online. Well, they don't I think want that's you just to have like I mean, there are some there are some accounts on Instagram by dudes that I'm just like, who on earth thinks like wants to look at this? Well, what are they? Are they like gym bros constantly posting shirtless pics or what are they? What are they? So it's one thing for a girl's account to have a lot of selfies. Yeah. It's like most girls' accounts have most have a ton of <laughs> selfies, you know? Yeah. But then it's something else for a dude's account to have tons of selfies. Yeah. Isn't that like horrendously unattractive? Yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> like, like, I think guys about like really if hot. I was like 20 something and single and I clicked on a dude and it linked his Instagram and I saw it was nothing but selfies, tons of comments and like thousands of likes, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah that, that is fascinating the psychology because i'm assuming a guy who does that is probably very handsome and very like you know fit and everything yet i mean i i can only imagine there what is something like extremely unmanly yeah, about exactly. that kind of <laughs> online behavior from a man that's what it yeah, is it's like it's almost like dating a very masculine woman and it's like why <laughs> if i'm a straight woman why would i, I want to date think, that so I, I guess the way i would put it is like there's nothing worse than dating a very feminine man i don't know <laughs> From like from my point of view yeah and i think you start to wonder um like is it going to be like yeah is it, i think it raises a lot of red flags about is it going to be just what's his mood is it going to be like very like fussy and finicky which is i think generally what you don't want in, in <laughs> yeah. like a partner generally but i think it's much less tolerated in a man like a man should be yeah. more just kind of chill and steady and so one of my friends one of my friends dated this guy and like he was like that he had one of those accounts and oh um, no <laughs> mm-hmm. and like they would go on vacations together like they went to paris and he was like okay take a picture of just me in front oh, of the no. eiffel tower <laughs> no. That's or like so they, would go, weird. they would go like they would go hiking and he'd be like okay take a picture of just me oh no for my instagram <laughs> I mean, you re- like the, the the relationship didn't last because she was like, "Ew." <laughs> She's like, "Am I like, are we dating, or am I just supposed to walk around being your photographer? Like, isn't that this dude's job to follow yeah, the girl exactly. around with the camera so that she can have pretty little pictures for her Instagram?" Yeah, I, I think that would piss it's off a lot of women. It's acceptable when know? it's the other way, but when it's the guy acting like that, it is like you're going to be single forever if you're a guy that acts like that. Yeah. I mean, not only is it annoying, it, it, it's also it taking away from what I think a lot of women want is for the guy to take pictures. Like if you can't, he can't be doing that if he's the one always wanting to be photographed. And it's like, there was this one picture that she said was like the, um, it was the deal breaker. They went to the oh, no. beach. And he- <laughs> I'm already laughing. I don't know why. <laughs> he lay on his stomach and he had like his chin propped on his hand and he had like his feet up in the air. You that, know what pose I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, that, it's that, a girly pose. It's and a very he was, like, coquettish he, pose. It's a very coquettish pose. It's like very and he, Lolita. Like, that's very, he lumped that's very like strange. a beach towel underneath <laughs> of his crotch so that it would pu- it would lift up his his uh, his butt <laughs> to make it look more plump. And then he was like, "Okay, take a picture of me." And she was like, "Okay, <sighs> th- this re- this relationship ends like." As soon as we get home from this vacation. <laughs> oh, that no, that's like oh, that. That's very, that's very, um, very odd behavior. Right. Where do they learn that behavior? Because it's not manly. I don't understand. 
Yeah, I can understand dudes being like, you know, t- take a picture of me, like looking off in the distance, you know, being all brooding. Yeah, but once that, in a while. But but that is such, as I said, such a Lolita pose. Like no guy wants to, at least no like straight guy wants to be seen like that because they'll be, they'll think like that's too girly. Like, you know, for better or for worse, <laughs> that's what they'll think. Yeah, that's, Especially that's that pose. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, guys have candid pictures. They don't pose. Yeah, or like fake-handed. But yeah, the fake whole point... Fake-handed or candid pictures. Well, I think this goes for women too. But like, yeah, the best picture is the one that you look good in, but it looks like you weren't trying or you were caught off surprise. Uh, but no, I think, girls can look good in very posed pictures too. Look at half the selfies when they're like holding their camera out. Right, and right. And like but no, making the but, kissy face to Oh, the no, camera. that's great. That's great. But I think that the true apex of the, the greatest photo someone can take of you is the one that... You look amazing, but it also looks like you weren't expecting it and didn't even want to be photographed. This is just, I just look so good all the time that I don't even have to post. <laughs> it's like a paparazzi picture. Right. And you feel like a movie star or quality or like that- film photo with like an 85 millimeter lens or something. It's got to right. be a long lens. Right. So that's like the, I think that's a photo that everybody wants. But I think, yeah, for guys, like posed photos it's like nobody really wants to see that um so it's just like that's just like totally a non-starter so the best you can kind of aim for is either the candid or the fake candid pose mm-hmm. yeah food pictures are are safe for men's instagram yeah i think i think especially if they make it i don't know how good it is if you constantly take pictures of restaurants you go to i mean it's a very strong like class signifier especially if you're going to all these expensive restaurants but, in like different cities right but i, I wonder that's how... what i always assumed it was it shows off that a guy is like cultured and like has money if he just takes right. a bunch of restaurant pictures of his food but, right but i mean tell me what's the real difference like you, you if you go to say like a fancy 500 dollars a tasting menu type of restaurant and and take pictures of the whole course versus like you know the the standard uh much maligned leaning on your porsche type of picture it's the same thing but everyone hates <laughs> on the latter but people seem a bit more lenient on the former is it because like people can vicariously kind of enjoy the food by looking at it in a way that they can't by looking at a car but to me they're exactly the same just as kind of yeah, I think that there's like we can we can have the same experience, but when people post pictures of like there's their expensive sports car, we can't I don't know. Yeah, there's nothing in it for us, even remotely, I guess, right? Right. Yeah. I don't know who clicks like on those things. No, oh, yeah, that's well that's all their friends, right? So that it's that pos- like undeserved positive uh reinforcement. Which is why a lot of people have advocated well, I don't know a lot, but some people have advocated that Facebook and uh, Twitter and Instagram needs dislike buttons so that you get a more accurate feedback. <laughs> like Reddit? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Although in Reddit, I don't know if you can see your downvotes. Yes, you, you can. can. Well, if you get downvoted to oblivion, you can see it. But if you get like a 200 upvotes, but 50 downvotes, you just see like 150 upvotes, I think. I don't know if you can see how many downvotes you've gotten. Um, what other social media platforms have a, a thumbs down? Besides Reddit, I don't know, which I think is why Reddit has the best discussions because <laughs> there's more shame for. There's also no pictures. Right, uh, no pictures. Um, there's no way to get rich or famous off of Reddit. I don't know mm-hmm. anyone who has. Uh, so your only real incentive there is to genuinely try to have a good discussion, and if you don't, people will let you know. 
<laughs> to the best extent possible. Um, so if you post something, you get like negative eight and you're like, okay, that, that was uh, my bad. I should, I shouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> Whereas with any other social media, you either get nothing um, or you'll get only, you only see the positive, which is not good. Yeah, this was a fun, fun discussion. It was a nice, nice kind of, you know, just like letting loose after we were talking so much about like Shang-Chi. I mean, not out of our free will. I honestly thought we'd only have one episode about the movie and move on. Ended up having to do like multiple episodes <laughs> because of all the drama, which I think is kind of still ongoing in some uh, godforsaken corner of Twitter. But so it's like nice to nice to talk about other things. Although we did reach out to the, one of the guys who um, tweeted the the main debunking thread, and he he's open to coming on our pod. Hopefully, it'll happen sometime soon. So we will once again have to talk about it. But I think it'll be about just cancel culture in general. Mm-hmm. And why mm-hmm. it seems like more and more studios are getting fed up with these totally baseless attacks on these stars that they've invested a lot of time and money in. Uh, some nut can just throw around some uh, allegation, and in, in, you know, in in America where you know it, it's really like I, I think the libel laws and stuff are are stricter in Europe, but in America you can kind of just say whatever you want, and nobody can really do anything to you. I would not be surprised. I if, think like, that if you're a celebrity and you come out anti-cancel culture at this point, because we have had so many years of like over the top accusations that a lot of times are baseless mm-hmm. like johnny depp recently came out anti-cancel yeah culture, yeah and, and like i noticed that no, he got no blowback yeah it, and, it, and it that, just kind of showed up and then his statement showed up and then disappeared right and i and that came out i think no right one cares after, anymore like the, no one gets outraged for someone to be anti-cancel culture because i think at this point except for a very few very vocal people on uh social media platforms like twitter that nobody uses I think everyone is fed up with it. Yeah, and and I, I noticed that the Johnny Depp thing came right after the the Simu Liu thing kind of died down. I'm I don't wondering. Think that had th- I don't think that they were related, though. Yeah, maybe he would have said it anyway, but it did work in conjunction because everyone kind of saw how pointless the Simu Liu thing is. Then comes Johnny Depp, who's probably one of the most uh, sympathetic uh, victims of all this because everyone found out what. Especially all... after the Amber Heard thing. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, every, everyone like uh, thought Johnny Depp was the devil, and then it turned out that Amber Heard is is worse. And and I think I a lot of people. I always stood by Johnny Depp, though. <laughs> and I think I think the only people trying to cling to this are just real nuts. Um, at this point, it's like, yeah, Johnny Depp might be a drunk or whatever, but he's clearly not the the bad guy in this situation. And I think a lot of people are are regretting that they they jumped on him so hard. Uh, mm-hmm. Without, without much proof except Amber Heard's word, which we find out is worthless. Um, so, yeah. So I thought I thought it was interesting timing, and I would not be surprised if, if the studios are like, "All right, l- I think I think this is our time. I think people are kind of tired of this. Let, let, let's push back because it's I in their financial it, interest." It, I to think do that so. people got sick of it when it started affecting like normal people. You know, like when college, high school kids started getting like their college offers rescinded over yeah. some stupid thing that they said on TikTok. I think at that point. Is when people that that's when the backlash started, where it's like you know what, it's gone too far. Yeah, and, and it'll eventually come to a time where everyone's gonna get. It was fine when it get... was Harvey Weinstein and like Jeffrey Epstein, but yeah, um, but but it's like yeah, and also at a certain point, as as like the younger people grow up, everyone's gonna be subject to the same thing. So it's all gonna cancel each other. Like the cancellation is gonna cancel each other out, where to the point where it's like okay, let's put our 
<laughs> nukes down because we're all just going to kill each other. How much do you want to bet the younger Gen Z and the generation that comes afterwards is going to be like, they're going to be all conservative because it's subversive to be conservative? Uh, like I, traditionalists? I my hunch is going to, they're going to be more kind of like anti-PC. That doesn't necessarily mean more conservative, but I think they are, there's going to be less pressure on them to uphold this kind of like liberal piety that I think millennials especially uh, have invested a lot into. I think Gen Z is way worse. I think they're way more insufferable. Uh, I think millennials millennials started it, but I think that people like... um... All right. um, I I think that's it for today. Uh, Liza, always fun chatting with you. We always have really fun discussions, uh, you know, on Signal and all that. So it's always fun to (laughs) let our audience in a bit on what we talk about. Next is uh, Gone Girl. What are we doing next? Are we doing yes, Dune that or Yes, finally Gone Girl? arrived. That finally arrived at the bookstore mm-hmm. that I ordered it at. When I finish Dune, there's another book I got to finish before I have to return to the library. But I will go through Gone Girl. I think pretty quickly we can pot about that. So listeners, be on the lookout for that. All right, uh, catch us next time for the next episode of Escape from Planet. This is Chris with Liza bidding you a great Bye. day. Bye everyone. Bye.